Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Well, hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and I hope you all are having a fantastic Tuesday so far. And today we're going to be talking about some Jewish exorcists that try to use Jesus's name without knowing who Jesus is, by the way, to exercise a demon. But before we begin that, on that happy note, I actually do want to take a moment to thank all of those who have made a donation recently to the ministry on coffee. I am honestly, I'm extremely overwhelmed with gratitude. So thank you all so, so much for your willingness to give. I I truly do appreciate it. Uh, That being said, let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 20. And we talked a little bit about verses 11 through 12 on Thursday, but I'd like to discuss them again today because they actually tie into the rest of the passage regarding the exorcists. So make sure to grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea for those of you who, for some reason, like tea. And while you're grabbing those things, make sure to pause the podcast also to grab your version of the Bible. So let's turn to Acts chapter 19, 11 through 20, and let's give reverence to God's word together. God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out. But some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived at Ephesus. Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many also of those who had believed came, confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. Okay, to start out in verse 11, it says that Paul has been performing some special miracles, according to the W.E.B. version. But depending on the version you have, some might say unusual or something along those lines. But the point is being made that these miracles that Paul was performing, or rather that God was performing through Paul, they were not usual miracles. They were very unusual. They were very special miracles that seemed to be even more unusual than just a miracle in general. I mean, we don't see miracles too often in our day to day life. But these miracles that Paul was performing were even more unusual. So here's what would happen. It says that handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out. So God was working 
really mightily through Paul that even aprons he wore and handkerchiefs he was carrying were taken from him and given to the sick. So we know that Paul was a tent maker in his day to day job. And tent making, you know, involves at this point in time, tanning leather and stuff like that. So I'm sure Paul had a lot of aprons that he would wear. Okay. And so these aprons that Paul would wear were taken from him and given to the poor. So Paul would be like, here, take this apron that I just wore and give it to the sick person and lay it on them or take this handkerchief that I've been carrying all day. Hopefully not one with uh, snot on it, but (laughs) here's this handkerchief that I have. Take it and give it to the sick. And so that's what would happen. The people would take the aprons and the handkerchiefs that Paul was carrying that day and give them to the sick. And then the sickness would be healed. And so this miraculous power went out of this inanimate object, like a handkerchief onto the sick person. And they were totally healed, like totally healed, not partially healed, but totally 100% healed from their sickness. And you can imagine, you know, if this was happening in your city or your town, that this would cause a huge stir, right? Like if you heard that there was some person in your town performing miracles like this, you would be like, holy cow, like everybody would be absolutely in shock over this. And so obviously that's what ended up happening in Ephesus. Like everybody was, you know, hearing about Paul performing these miracles and being like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. So I'm sure many people already were starting to respond to the gospel of Jesus, especially through these miracles that God was performing through the hands and basically body of Paul. But notice also that Paul was actually able to cast out demons the same way. So it wasn't just the sick that were healed through Paul's garments. It was even people who had demons inside of them. It says in verse 12, that evil spirits went out of the people. So keep that in mind as we jump into the next part of the story where the author Luke shares some current events with us. So so here's what it says in verses 13 through 16. But some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one Siva, a Jewish chief priest who did this. Okay, so we're introduced to these randos who were going around and trying to cast out demons. And actually, these guys were pretty well known, too, because it says that they were the seven sons of the current chief priest, Siva. Meaning that these sons had a lot of prestige to their family name. And they were like, hey, we're the seven sons of of the the high priest Siva, you know. And so they were using that, their father's name, to probably gain clients, to gain customers, to make money. And it actually says that they were also vagabond or itinerant, meaning that they traveled around looking for people who needed an exorcist and possibly exploited them for money by posing as exorcists. Or it could be that they had at some point successfully driven out a demon. And before you get mad at me for saying that, turn over to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21. It says, On that day, many will say to me, 
Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. So there you go. Jesus himself does say that an unsaved individual can, in fact, drive out demons using Jesus's name because that is how powerful Jesus's name truly is. That even unsaved individuals at times can use Jesus's name to do something miraculous like cast out a demon. And it's very possible that these seven sons of Siva, going back to Acts chapter 19, were able at one point in time to use Jesus's name to cast out a demon. It is possible. But we hear about this very unsuccessful story now of the seven sons of Siva trying to use Jesus's name to cast out this demon. And the reason they tried to use Jesus's name is actually because at some point in time during their travels, they hear about Paul and how he was able to perform all these miracles and cast out all these demons using Jesus's name. And they're like, perfect. You know, we're going to try that also so we can gain more money and cast out more demons. You know, this, it's working for this guy, Paul. Why wouldn't it work for us? So that is what happens. They travel around and they go to an area near Ephesus, it, it sounds like. And they go into this house where there's a demon possessed guy. And so they're trying to use Jesus's name to cast out a demon from this man. And they say in verse 13, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. This means that the seven sons of Siva knew nothing about Jesus at all. Just the way they state this. The Jesus by whom Paul preaches, basically. So here is how the demon responds in verse 15. The evil spirit answered, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. The demon knew that these seven men who were trying to use Jesus's name had literally no authority over them. This means that Satan and demons know who their enemies are. They absolutely know Jesus because Jesus is God. They know Jesus. They know Paul because Paul was casting out demons all the time, you know, using Jesus's name. And he was able to do those things through faith in the power of Jesus. But these men, this, this demon didn't know who they were. And this demon becomes deeply offended. The demon is angry that these men who know nothing about Jesus have the gall to try to cast him out. They have no authority over this demon and the demon knows that. So he ends up overpowering them. Seven men, one man against seven men. He overpowers them, rips their clothes off of them, beats them up. And then the men run out of the house naked and wounded. So why did the demon take their clothing? Well, don't forget that these guys were sons of the high priest or the, the chief priest of the area. So they were probably wearing priestly garments. They were Levites, don't forget. And their clothing was probably very expensive. So this demon 
takes their clothing because it was a humiliation to these Levite sons. And Satan hates everything that God has ordained. God ordained the Levitical priests. God ordained the Levites to be set apart, to be different. Now, of course, unfortunately, these seven sons were not acting different. They weren't doing anything different than what the world tries to do. They were greedy. They were potentially exploiting people. They were, they were faithless. They weren't acting any different than the world. But Satan hates everything that belongs to God. And these Levitical priests with their priestly garments, this demon rips those clothes off of these men as the greatest humiliation that these, these sons, these priestly sons could ever experience their, their priestly garments being ripped off of them. And so they run out of the house and this demon, it looks like for the short term has won. Okay. And I'm sure that this demon who was offended that his authority, you know, was, was trying to be taken from him was very excited. He thought he won. But here's what the response of the rest of the people were. It says in verses 17 through 20, this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived at Ephesus. Fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. So this demon did not win. In the end, Jesus won once again. Because the rest of the people in Ephesus heard about this. They heard about this crazy story of some Levites going and trying to exercise demons, trying to use Jesus's name to do it. And the demon literally overtaking them. But then they also see Paul using Jesus's name and Paul performing all these amazing miracles. Paul, an ordinary tent maker, being able to do all these things and the Levite priest without any faith in Jesus at all, trying to use Jesus's name to exercise demons, the entire city sees this happen and they give glory to God through it. In fact, it says they had great fear when they heard about it. So they were in tune suddenly to the spiritual side of things. That that's not just a fairy tale. It's not just made up, but it's real. And if you mess with it, it has real consequences. Hence why these seven Levites end up being naked and wounded running from the house. So great fear, it says, fell on all the Jews and the Greeks who lived at Ephesus. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many of those who believed came confessing and declaring their deeds. So suddenly this great revival happens in Ephesus and people are coming to Paul and coming to the church and coming to the other disciples and they're confessing their sins and their deeds, which a lot of these deeds, it sounds like, was dabbling in the occult. And now that there's this fear about dabbling in the occult, these people are coming forward and confessing what they have done. I actually read a pretty decent book. It's kind of strange, but a pretty decent book called The Bondage Breaker by, what is his name? Let me look. Norman T. I think his name is Norman T. Anderson. I'm pretty sure. I can't see the book on my bookshelf, unfortunately, but it was a pretty decent book. 
And it talks about some stories that the author actually experienced himself regarding demons. And reading through it actually really helped me personally. I, I really did like the book for that because it showed the power that Satan actually has. And it's a lot less than you and I would think. Satan has very, very limited power. He has a lot of power over people who are not Christians. But for those of us who truly believe in Jesus, Satan has very, very limited power over us. The biggest thing that Satan has is lies. He's the father of lies. He tries to trick us with lies. And the book Bondage Breaker kind of helped me see that a little bit better because I always used to be absolutely terrified of Satan and demons and that kind of stuff. But I'm not so much anymore after reading uh, that book. But anyway, coming back to the story, though, it says that the Lord's name was magnified. Jesus's name was magnified throughout all of this. These people were coming, they were confessing, and they ended up burning all of these books in the sight of all. So these books ended up being occult books that would show how to do this charm for this thing and that charm for the other thing and, and whatever else. And so these books were extremely expensive. And apparently a lot of people were very into this in Ephesus because tons of people are bringing their witchcraft books and their occult books and they're they're taking it to this public burning to get rid of that side of them completely. And so they burn these books and it says that these books ended up being 50 worth 50,000 pieces of silver after they counted all the books that were being burned, which means that these books probably totaled anywhere from $1 million to $5 million in modern money, modern American money. That is how much these books were worth. And that is how many people brought these books forward as well. This shows the size of this public book burning that took place. And the reason they chose to burn those books is because they became a Christian. They did not want to dabble in any of that anymore. God says, do not mix what is holy with what is profane. And unfortunately, we see the Israelites in the Old Testament falling back into that time and time again. They were always mixing Judaism, worshiping God with idol worship. And God says, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot mix what is holy with what is profane. You cannot serve the world and also God. You cannot serve money and also God. You can only serve one master because if you try to serve two masters, you're going to hate one and love the other. So Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. You have to choose to serve one. And the way that these people in Ephesus were choosing to serve Jesus, their one master, was by bringing all of their books that were so expensive and that were worth so much, but were just garbage in content and coming and burning those books to show that they were no longer going to practice the profane with the holy. All right, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you also learned something from it. But I am going to let you guys all go with a happy listening and God bless. God bless.